Coming up, I'll show you new data that shows that Gen Z is really wired for entrepreneurship and what will that mean for the future of work. And then our economy, rate hikes, where's a recession? We'll talk about it. Helping you win in your work life so that you're winning in other areas of your life. I'm Ken. This is the Ken Coleman Show. So Gen Z, I'm raising three of them. I love this generation for a variety of reasons. They're very, very, very uh, 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 an exciting generation as they take us into new frontiers, certainly digitally and also in the workspace. That's why we're going to talk about this day. How, what does this matter as we talk about the world of work? Well, I'm going to lay it out, lay it out for you. So new research from Zen Business released a study showing that 93% of Gen Zers have taken a step towards exploring business ownership now taking a step towards exploring so high high numbers here 93 percent. but that taking a step towards exploring is just simply going i wonder what i could do for myself could i make money playing video games on youtube right they're they're exploring it why well they're seeing more and more young people on tiktok certainly instagram and youtube that are making money. I mean, my daughter, Josie, introduces me, it feels like, several days a week to a new YouTube personality or family where she says, yeah, this family, they make all kinds of money. This is what they make, and this is what they're doing. And and it's everything from little girls that she has followed in the past that, that play with fidget toys to families that just essentially document their life. But they're cute, they're interesting, whatever. And so this has changed the mindset, as it should, for so many people, certainly younger people, Generation Z, who are thinking, could it be me? Or what could I do? So 84% selected entrepreneurship as the most exciting of 12 career paths, and 75% ultimately want to become entrepreneurs. These are really high numbers. Now, it will shake out. We are talking about expectations here. We are talking about perceptions here. What will the reality look like? We're going to get into that. But right now, these are really high numbers. They want a healthier relationship with work. They want more flexibility. Now, let me stop there and say that those two are not the same. I think older workers look at flexibility as something that makes their work life healthier, and it can. But this younger generation, they say healthier, which just means I'm not burned out. I'm not overworked. I'm appreciated. That's what they're they're looking for, more so than any previous generation, because quite frankly, they have been coddled. They have lived a very comfortable lifestyle. So they expect that from work. They've also watched their parents come home and gripe all the time or be burned out so that's the healthier part but the flexible part for the younger generation is different than flexibility for say my generation which is gen x certainly old older millennials flexibility for those older generations and and even the boomer generation as well would be related to work from home i set my own hours hybrid whatever this generation gen z when they talk about flexibility they want to do two or three gigs. They want to be flexible. To I'm going to do this gig, and then eh, maybe I do this gig. They're very, very gig-focused. 
They are certainly not looking at, I'm going to become an accountant and stay an accountant for 30, 40 years. They're just not. And so flexibility for them is, ah, eh, I want to do this for a couple of years. And then I want to do something else. That's what flexibility means for this Gen Z group. And so that leads to the entrepreneurial interest. Because essentially, here's what they're saying. I want to create it for myself. They're very much creators. It's all they've ever seen. So they want to create it for themselves. 80% believe, now this is 80% of Americans, same study. So if you, if you, if you survey Americans, 80% believe that Gen Z is on track to become the most entrepreneurial generation in U.S. history. That number, again, very high. Where is that coming from? Parents and grandparents. They're just looking at it and they're going, this is what my kid's talking about. This is what my kid's thinking about. And so this is where and it, America doesn't have the dinner table like it used to, unfortunately. But the results of this tells me that this data is true. Not, not only are kids answering this themselves, but it's trickling down to their families and their family members are saying, this is true. They want to be entrepreneurs. Now, here's what's interesting. There are five key traits often associated with entrepreneurship. Creativity, authenticity, hardworking, perseverance, and hustle. Hustle and hardworking to me, same thing. But these are five traits that in this research, Zen Business asked Gen Z to rank themselves. So here's what they said. Gen Z saying about their generation as a whole that 90% believe that their generation as a whole is very creative. 80% believes their generation is authentic. 72% hardworking. 72% persevering. And 64% hustle. So the labels, you know, don't get stuck in this. Pretty interesting. That's how they see themselves, otherwise known as their generation. They're kind of looking at themselves and their friends when they answer a poll question like that. So the question is, is this true? Now, some of you old cranky people out there go, oh, this generation won't work hard, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not so sure that that's true. I think you stick this generation in a very creative role, and I think you would watch their work ethic explode in a positive way. That's what I think. You stick a kid in front of a computer and said, make videos all day long, watch them work really hard. But you put them out in a traditional job in a grocery store, uh, you know, customer service, retail, stuff that we all did. Those of us that are older, we did those as early entry jobs and watch their work ethic fizzle. This generation is very creative and they are very resourceful. And I don't think that they're going to be confined by even the startup jobs that we all did, just to start making money. They're looking for ways to do creative stuff all the time. 90% of Gen Z said in this study, they want to create something new and better for the world. So why do I tell you this? This generation is more entrepreneurial in their spirit, which means more of them will try it. More entrepreneurs mean that more will make it. A lot of entrepreneurs don't make it. It's the hardest thing in the world to make. But with more entrepreneurs from Gen Z, we will see more 
businesses and more small businesses. And when we have more small businesses, what happens? We have more jobs. Now, that's good for the economy. I love when small business owners are popping up all over the place. That means that capitalism is alive and well, and that's good for all of us. But this is where it's going to really be interesting. Because these young people look at work very differently, they will run their businesses very differently. And so we're going to have new ways of working because Gen Z values purpose and flexibility. So they're going to allow their employees. They're going to look for people differently than previous generations have looked for people. They're going to create more. Why? Because we have a bunch of binge consumers. Business is going to change brilliantly. Helping you get unstuck so that you become unstoppable professionally. And uh, boy, are you going to be much more healthy personally. I'm Ken. This is the Ken Coleman Show. If you're enjoying the show on YouTube, we'd love for you to like the video or videos you're watching. Subscribe to our channel and share. That helps us grow. And if you're listening via your favorite podcast app, would you give us a follow and a five-star review and share as well? Thank you so very much. You are the ultimate marketing strategy and If we're helping you in some way, help us grow. That would be much appreciated. Okay, headline here. Uh, In just about about an hour, hour and a half from now, uh, Jerome Powell, our Federal Reserve Chairman, is scheduled to have his latest press conference and let us know what uh, the Federal Reserve Board has come up with. Most people are expecting us to go from a 5.25 interest rate up to 5.5. Most people that are watching this are also saying that this will be the last hike for a while. What's interesting is is uh, this is the 11th time since March of 2022 that the Fed has raised interest rates, and it also puts us at the highest point in 22 years. Now, I have called him the feckless Fed chair many times, and I'm not going to apologize today uh, because I think he is feckless. Uh, I think he was becoming more feckless by all these rate hikes, but now the jury's out, and I have to even slow down a little bit and go, all right, let's just see. But he's still feckless because it was the Fed that got us into this mess in the first place. So they drove inflation up, and then it was like, ah! And I heard it described one way on television recently. It's like someone running over you, like you're a pedestrian, and then somebody runs over you with the car, And after they run over you, they look in the rearview mirror and decide to back over you. And that's essentially what is happening. Now, some of you go, wait a second. Uh, Jobs are good. We'll get into some of those details. Uh, Wages are up. We'll get into some of those details as well. Yeah, but core inflation, core inflation is still up. We are seeing energy prices and food prices drop on some level, but restaurants are still high. So we are seeing groceries drop a little bit. That's good. But understand, folks, that Jerome Powell went on record multiple times and said that they needed to create some pain in the economy. This is where I disagree. I think inflation is painful enough. So I don't want to hurt what has been a historically low unemployment rate. We're at 3.6% right now, still 
unbelievably low, 3.4%, the lowest recorded number of unemployment. So let the markets work itself out. Inflation is painful enough. Now, I still believe that there's some pain coming. I'll get into that in a moment, but let's dive in. Um, while most economists are saying that this will be the last rate hike in a while, they do believe that the rates will stay at this rate, the highest in the last 22 years, well into 2024. Okay, So we're probably here to stay on these elevated interest rates. So what's shaken out from all this? Powell wanted to drive unemployment up, wanted to see layoffs and job loss, as painful as it was, he said, to help stem inflation. Where are we? Despite all the interest rates, jobs are hot. Employers added 209,000 jobs in June. The unemployment rate dropped from 3.7% to 3.6%. Now let's look at prices. In June, prices rose just 3% from a year earlier. That's down from a peak of 9.1% rise in June of 2022. But it's still above what the Fed believes is a healthy inflation target of 2%. So, core inflation. This is, excludes food and energy costs. Okay, Core inflation was still relatively high at 4.8%. But again, most experts believe that inflation is here to stay. Elevated inflation above what would be a healthy 2% rate it's here to stay. And and I'll stop here for a second and make sure that you revisit something you learned about maybe in the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, somewhere in that range, probably 5th, 6th, probably 6th, 7th, 8th, right? Stagflation, where inflation is high, but job growth begins to recede. We're not there yet, but that could happen pretty quickly. We are in an elongated season of job growth coming out of the pandemic in 2020. How long will it last? Nobody knows. So why do I go over this? Why am I sharing this with you? Because I want to help you become recession-proof. I want you to be fireproof, if you will. Because if a recession does hit, depending on how hard it hits, whether it's this cycle or in the future, one of the first things companies do is they start cutting expenses, which means you. So I'm going to give you five things that you can start doing now because I think we're in a pretty stable economy right now. I wouldn't call it great. I wouldn't call it bad. There are parts of this economy that suck, inflation, and parts of this economy that are really good. Job creation, low unemployment, opportunity all over the place. So here are five things that you can do to make yourself recession-proof. First, kill debt. Debt is costing you a lot of money. You just think about Right now, those of you that carry credit cards, let's use that as one example. Just pull up your, your interest rate on that credit card and start doing the math on what you're paying every month just in interest alone. Okay? And again, these interest rates affect all of this. So one, we want to kill debt. We're doing two things there. Okay? We are reducing our expenses. Okay? And hopefully, defeating an appetite to hold debt. 
when you kill debt, hopefully you kill it, you kill it forever. It's not like a shot in the leg and it limps around and it kind of lays still for a while until the wound heals and crawls back into your life. Hopefully when we kill debt, we actually kill it. I mean, two bullets, back of the skull, it ain't ever, it ain't moving. And let's go ahead and bury it. We don't want it to lay around and stink. So first thing you need to do to be recession-proof is kill your debt. Now that's going to reduce your expenses, obviously, going to help you in your monthly budget, but it's actually going to set you up to be free in the future. Second thing you got to do, stack cash, stack cash. Let me tell you something, uh, a fully funded emergency fund and then and then a floating fund for, hey, if I, if I lose my job, do I have a month of my income that allows me to find a job in 30 days? That's above and beyond the emergency fund. Stacking cash makes you recession proof. Third, connect with people starting now like you're unemployed some of you just landed a great job i'm really happy for you that's great you should be connecting with people like you're unemployed you should have the same level of intensity ken you're crazy no i'm not if you lost your job today you would be thinking about who do i connect with i need to find something i would have that same level i'm always connecting always planning who could i meet with who can i connect with what are my relationships so that people know my value and i've got people that i can reach out to and i don't have to just introduce myself when when i need them i already know them that's what i'm talking about most people don't do this great book on my shelf over my shoulder that my dad gave to me when i was 17 years of age written by harvey mckay it's called dig your well before you're thirsty you want to be recession proof you want to be jerome powell proof you walk through these five steps. Step four, start a side hustle, or we could also say begin to create some slightly passive income on the side. What's that going to do? Two things. One, it helps me with stacking cash, paying off debt, any of those two cash-related actions I told you about. And it might just become the thing that I lean into and I go full-time, thus working for myself. Number five, lay out a backup plan. Literally write it out. Type it up. If I got laid off today, who would I call first? Where would I go? What direction? This makes you recession-proof. Pay attention, folks. Don't have your head in the sand, but also don't be a chicken little. You're going to make it. You were created to fill a unique role in the world of work, through your work. That means you are needed, you're very valuable. But it also means you need to show up and be your best. Not just do your best, be your best. That means uniquely you. Somebody out there needs you to show up and give what only you can give. That's what I believe to my core, and I created an assessment that is an awareness profile. It's not a personality test. It's an assessment that allows you to see, maybe for the first time in your life, clearly three elements or the three wires that are within you. If I cut you open, you have talent that you can turn into sharp skills or otherwise known as power tools. There is work that you just get joy out of. You love the work. You look forward to it. You're totally engaged when you're in the middle of it. 
you lose track of time. You look forward to it. Getting back at it. And then the third element is results that motivate you. All work creates results. What results get you out of the bed in the morning? I know that I'm going to put this into the world today, and, and thus I'm fired up. It's the same thing that drives a runner to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. So those three elements, what you do best, talent, what you love to do most, passion, and what results matter most to you, mission, when you are in a seat where you're spending about 75% or more of your day using what you do best to do what you love to produce results that matter to you, you are on purpose. What are those? The Get Clear Assessment allows you to do it. Hundreds of thousands of people have taken it. You can get it for only 30 bucks at KenColeman.com slash assessment. KenColeman.com slash assessment. And it's a great gift, by the way, for maybe that friend or family member who's stuck. Let's get to the phones. Ryan joins us now in Salt Lake City. Ryan, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, how's it going, Ken? I'm living the dream. What are you doing? Oh, just trying to make some uh, career choices, I guess. All right. A little bit tougher than I thought. (laughs) Yes, it is. How can I help? So I've actually gotten pretty clear on uh, where I want to go. Where is that? The hardest thing for me. So I'm currently in the aviation industry. Um, I've been in there for about nine years, and I'm kind of wanting to make a full, basically, 180 and go um, into lineman work. Um, I don't know if you know much about that industry and whatnot. but you talking about power lines? Yeah, yeah. 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 Setting set up, maintaining, doing all that kind of work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but the, the hard thing that I'm struggling with, um, I think the biggest part is during the initial um, – apprenticeship period there's going to be a lot of traveling so it's just going to be the initial three years of it um will just be a lot of traveling away from the family and whatnot so i'm just i feel bad making the change than putting that stress on the family um who is that who are we talking about wife and kids yeah my wife and two kids how old are the kids uh we got a daughter that she'll be five well she is five and then a little one-year-old boy Okay. And where is your wife on this? As you've sat down with her, I assume you have and told her what the travel would look like to the best of your ability. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny because I've delayed it for a, a, quite a few years now. And I'm finally to the point where I'm, I might, I need to just jump and do it or not. And she's, she's on board and she's telling me, she's like, look, you've talked about this for three or four years now. Like just get out and do it. Yeah. So she's on board. Yeah. Not only is she um, on board, she's tired of hearing you whine about it. <laughs> Right? Yeah. 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 Hey, man, this is great. So that's all I needed to know. If the wife is on board, the kids are fine. They're five and one. Um, your yeah. your oldest will be eight when you come off the road. Uh, you're not missing her life. Yes, you're going to miss some. But mm-hmm. I think you have to look at what's my short-term sacrifice for my long-term desired future. And yeah. is your heart going to hurt traveling? without question but your little guy is going to be four your oldest will be eight they won't it's not like they're going to grow up going my dad wasn't around during my formative years they don't know they don't even understand time yeah and i would say at five and one and as they grow over that three-year period the memories you make when you were with them being all in and all that that's going to be fine now this is going to be harder on you and your wife than it is the kids. It's going to be hard on her because she's back there with the littles, but she's on yeah. board. Make sure she's got mm-hmm. good support. Do you guys have family around you? Yeah. Yeah, well, we've then, got some. So, okay. 
So it's not like she's alone. And so mm-hmm. encourage her, support her. You're going to be tired. You're going to be hurt, hurting. But don't forget she's a big part of this. Yeah. And so you're going, hey, babe, take the kids over to your parents or my parents or whatever. Make sure you get some mom time, you know, with other moms, without the kids. You know, do some things where she feels that you are supporting her in her support of you. And I think if you do that, it's going to grow your relationship with your wife. And you're going to be a better dad because of how much you miss those littles. I don't yeah. see it. I mean, it's not ideal, but it doesn't have yeah. to be negative and awful. So okay. why'd you call me? Uh, it, mostly just kind of that. And then my other thing is, and this is more of like, just I feel like I'm putting the stress back on myself, is the just the unknown timeline of stuff. Because it's just like the initial jumping into it um, is a pretty significant pay cut for the first little bit. Granted, we have a lot of stacked up money and savings. So it's not like a good change your lifestyle. Change your lifestyle so that you can change your life. You're excited Mm -hmm. about where this is going to end up. Take me five, seven, 10, 15 years down the line as a result of this decision. What do you see? I just see myself enjoying my career field a lot more and Mm. excited about that advancement and whatnot within that field. Wow. Sounds to me like that might have some positive relational aspects to it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's got some positive financial aspects to it. Yeah. Sounds like no, it's a much there. better freaking life. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Okay, it's then. that initial initial jump of... I get it, but here's the deal. putting the, the stress on the family and everything. I think it's going to be fine. This does not feel like stress that is going to break anything. Okay. Does it to you? Honestly, no, I mean, no, it's fine. No, Your I mean, wife's I, on board. You, you know, got this. You yeah. got this. Yeah, and I've, I've already spent, I mean, when my daughter was little, I had uh, I had deployed with the military, so I've already done a stint away from the family. All right, so, so you figured this out. Uh, Listen, when I was a kid. Yeah, we, we've been through this. Yeah, let me tell you something. When I was a kid, I'll never forget going on a vacation one time to some old president's home or some colonial home or something. It may have been Colonial Williamsburg. And... I was probably seven, eight, and my dad took me up to this blacksmith that was outside, you know, under a tent, and he was making, you know, tools out of wrought iron like they did back in colonial America. And I watched Mm -hmm. with absolute fascination as this guy would take uh, uh, just a basic piece of iron, not shaped anything other than just like a straight rod, if you will. Mm-hmm. and he would shove it into the fire and hold it there, let it sit there in the fire, and then pull it out a minute or two later, and the thing was bright orange. Yeah. Crazy. And then he put it on this anvil and started beating the crap out of it. Sparks flying, beating that thing, put it back in the fire again, repeat this process, keep beating on it, beating on it, beating on it. And then I'm standing there as a seven- or eight-year-old, wide-eyed, watching him shape that iron into something very, very specific. Yeah, And when he got done with all the fire and all of the pounding, he put it in the cold water. Steam going everywhere. No one could see. What is this thing? And he pulls it out and shows it to us. He made a coat hook or something crazy. I think this next three years is you going into the blacksmith and you are allowing yourself to go in the fire, being away from the wife and the kiddos. 
Uh, you get pounded on a little bit because you're going to take a pay cut for a little bit. You're going to learn some new stuff. You're the new guy. You're going to have to deal with some of that crap that comes with changing and going into new stuff. But the fire and the pounding after three years is going to shape your life. And I think that's what I want you to hold in the back of your mind on those hard days where your heart's hurting because you're not around wife and kiddos when you're getting treated like crap maybe by somebody that's been in the business a long time and here's the new guy wants to get on the line. I want you to remember the the fire of the blacksmith. You got me? Yeah. This is the sacrifice that you've got to make. you got to change your lifestyle to change your life. That's a simple fact. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.